This is You Talking To Me, the podcast that takes a classic movie, a 15-year-old boy, and puts them together to see what happens next. James has never seen any of the films before, and he may not thank me for making him watch them. This is Man Vs. Boy Film Analysis. Hi, and welcome to You Talking To Me. For each episode, we take a classic movie for James to view for the first time, and we watch it together. From this shared experience, we discuss what we both thought of it, and to see if it still holds up. In this episode, we'll be talking about Spike Lee's 1989 masterpiece, Do the Right Thing. Hi James. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm alright, yes. You're 15 now. I am, yeah. You were 13 when we started this project. You sound quite different on the first yeah, few podcasts. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but uh, what I love is the fact that listeners will be able to hear you getting older. Yeah. Do you think this is like my voice forever now? It, it will probably get deeper, James. Oh. Widely considered to be one of the most important films of the 1980s and still as relevant as it was 30 years ago, Do the Right Thing is produced, written and directed by Spike Lee and includes Lee as a pivotal character amongst a large ensemble cast that includes Ozzie Davis, Ruby Dee, Danny Aiello, Bill Nunn, John Turturro and Samuel L. Jackson. The film also includes a breakout performance from Rosie Perez in her debut. The plot introduces us to a vibrant and busy Brooklyn neighbourhood during the hottest day of the year. And as the characters interact over a 24-hour period, racial tensions grow and ultimately spiral into violent confrontation. James, what were the reviews like and how is the film rated? So, um, IMDb gives it 8 out of 10. Metacritic gives it 93 out of 100. Rotten Tomato also gives it 93 out of 100. The Guardian gives it 5 stars. Empire gives it 4 stars. And Roger Ebert gives it 4 stars. I have to say, this is arguably the most critically acclaimed film of 1989. Writing for the Chicago Reporter, when the film first was released, Jonathan Rosenbaum said this, powerful, funky, entertaining, packed with insight and political in the best, most responsible sense. James 1989 was a good year for movies and there are many that are now considered as classics. Yeah. 1989 was the year of Batman, Field of Dreams, When Harry Met Sally, The Little Mermaid, Say Anything, Sex, Lies and Videotape. None of those films are as rated as highly as Do the Right Thing on IMDb. Really? What did you know about the film before we watched it? I knew it was um, set during the hottest day of the year. I'd heard people say that it was uh, quite similar to the the movie Lahane. Okay. So I went into it with high hopes as I love Lahane. Did you know sort of how it was going to end? Did you know that it was escalating tensions across one day? Did you know it was set in a single day? Well, I presumed it was set in a single day, but I didn't know it would end in disaster and have an actual climax i thought it would just be like the sun goes down okay yeah like a day in the life yeah it really made an impact on release it was a real talking point in in that year yeah and subsequently uh most years since mm-hmm. what other spike lee movies do you know so the only other one i've seen is uh black klansman oh, okay which i really like yeah that's excellent yeah i'd like to watch inside man and the 25th hour 
they're both really really good they're yeah. sort of later the films this is his third film after she's got to have it which was released in 1986 and school days that released in 1988 both of those are really really good funny actually yeah as bits of do the right thing are she's got to have it in black and white Mm. quite rude um yeah. definitely worth a watch though there's there's a tv show of it now. oh really and school days is really interesting as well and that's it's uh, that's another real good ensemble cast at the start we're slowly introduced to the characters all of whom are significant in the neighborhood and the character that there is a link between them is mookie which is the character played by spike lee he's witnessing uh, pretty much everything that goes on watching the tension grow. What I really liked, James, was the closeness of the characters who live together in and around the street where the action takes place. You know, we do get to know them a bit. You know, yeah. It's quite funny. There's this sort of huge warmth between some of the characters, even the characters yeah. that are kind of bickering. There's still that sort of warmth there. They've known each other. You yeah. get the impression they've known each other for years. Mm-hmm. And also, you can see how things can easily become unsettled. Yeah, I felt like um, that was probably the funniest part of the movie because the way a lot of characters are introduced, it is um, very comedic. All of this section of the film is kind of heightened by the way that Spike Lee is making the film, how he's making use of the camera. We were commenting on it when we were watching it, Mm -hmm. some of the camera angles, the way he's moving the camera, fluid camera movements. There's some common spikely trademark yeah. moves throughout this film that he uses in subsequent films mm-hmm. the angled shots and stuff like that to me i feel like when you're when you're when you're meeting these characters and the camera's moving with them or it might be a static shot everything's perfectly judged so the camera's moving with a character or it starts on a close-up and it's pulling away or it perfectly frames a conversation or and this is a trademark, the character is talking directly at the screen. Yeah. Sometimes that is to us as the audience. Sometimes mm-hmm. that is to another character. Yeah. I was going to say that the um, the cinematography felt very, you know, summery. It was a, um, very orange and yellow. Yeah. And it felt like you are watching something from the hottest day of the year. I think that's the colour in it is amazing. So yeah. he's using bright colours. So people are wearing bright colours. There's mm-hmm. that bright red wall uh, where those the guys are having a yeah. you know, sitting on their chairs having a conversation that wall i think they painted especially for the film it's all shot on location mm, yeah I presume you appreciated that but yeah you're absolutely right it was it was spike lee's idea to set it on the hottest day because he felt that yeah you know that is a day where tensions will rise mm-hmm. uh, and also to set it over the course of 24 hours so from sort of samuel L. jackson's character opening call for everyone to wake up uh which is another spikely trademark Some, yeah someone will say wake up to either us the viewer or to another character mm-hmm. in pretty much all of spikely's films yeah so from there across the whole day we're seeing this kind of slow build of tension a lot of the movie um kind of reminded me of um dazed and confused oh, okay because yeah. it's a uh, 24 hours it's summer just teens like hanging out essentially ensemble cast yeah pretty much uh, yeah, and um there's lots of films where the story is conveniently across 24 hours mm. or you know a day in the life of a character and that kind of thing so i was thinking something like training day mm. so i don't think you've seen training day no it's part of the plot is that it starts first thing in the morning and ends you know kind of last thing at night 
Most of the action takes place around Sal's pizzeria, with Sal played by Danny Aiello, where Mookie works with Sal's two sons, Pino and Vito, played by John Turturro and Richard Edson. The interaction between the four of them is really the grounding for what will ultimately happen. Sal is kind of world-weary, Vito is kind of tolerant of his overbearing brother, and Pino is hot-headed and overtly racist. Yeah. When bugging out, the character played by Giancarlo Esposito becomes frustrated that all of the photos on the pizzeria's Hall of Fame are only of Italian-Americans with no representation of black culture. He intends to encourage people in the neighbourhood to boycott the restaurant. This only adds to um, the building of the tension and Esposito is all kind of spent-up energy. James, what did you think about the cast? Esposito's excellent in this yeah of course um, i didn't make the connection you had to tell me that that is gustavo fring from breaking bad thank you very much yeah what do you think of the performances oh i thought they were great um well i think spike lee does a very good job of um portraying kind of like re- he's very rebellious isn't he he's kind of, he's quite chilled he's chilled um but he's you know he's gonna only do what he wants to do yeah very true and um i think he does that very well a lot of the characters are very charismatic and um, they're just really likeable. I think the interaction between every character is like very fun to watch because you can tell the actors are having fun. And Mookie is kind of the glue between yeah. all of the characters. He knows everybody. You get the impression he kind of knows everybody mm-hmm. in the neighbourhood, probably by virtue of his job. I thought Rosie Perez was excellent in this. I thought John Turturro, was, that was quite a brave choice for him. You know, it must be difficult playing a racist. I also thought Ozzy Davis was really good as the mayor. Oh, and, you know, sort of a shout-out for Samuel L. Jackson, really, as well. Yeah. Was that one of his first movies? Yeah, I think so. I think, also, you can't you can't undervalue the script. So, mm. I think, even when we were watching it, I was just thinking to myself, this is, this is so well-written. Written in two weeks by Spike Lee, but it just comes across as so well-rounded. All the viewpoints are kind of given equal consideration. Yeah. There's kind of no one-dimensional characters. I guess by the end of the movie, you kind of you're very connected to the characters because you just know them so much. You you can, you feel like they're like your friends in a way. It gives you time to get to know them, doesn't it? Yeah, so, massively. And I and, think that's really important considering what happens. Yeah, and it's such a short runtime as well for for us to go into depth into like six characters maybe this is the neighborhood that spike lee grew up in oh really um in brooklyn where it was set it's all it's all filmed on that street it's all filmed on location i think they built or partly built the pizzeria um, oh nice on the basis that it was going to get burned down down. spike lee was nominated for an oscar for best original screenplay uh for the movie every time we meet radio rahim played by Bill Nunn. Yeah. He's always playing Fight the Power by yeah. Public Enemy. And that song is forever associated with uh, Do the Right Thing. It is anthemic. Was um, it made for the film or was it or an already existing song? It was written for the film. Spike Lee wanted an anthem, yeah. a powerful anthem, to be played throughout the film. Mm-hmm. And it's like a motif that re- yeah. re- reoccurs every time uh, Radio Rahim is uh, in a shot or, or in a scene. Yeah, there's a version of it on um, Fear of a Black Planet, the Public Enemy album. What I hadn't remembered—it's like, been a long time since I've seen this film—that actually there's a score 
as well. Yeah. So whilst there are kind of popular music all the way through it, and Fight the Power being you know, the most significant of all those songs that are on the soundtrack album, I just had forgotten there's this really nice score. Yeah. It's composed and conducted by Bill Lee, which is Spike Lee's dad, mm. um, with um, Bradford Marcellus playing saxophone on it. It uh, kind of really took me by surprise. At first I thought, oh, I don't, I'm not sure this fits, you know, it's quite jarring. Yeah. Hearing this kind of some, sometimes really uplifting music, sometimes kind of jazzy. And then as the film went on, I just thought, oh, it's lifting the film. I mean, the film's excellent yeah. anyway, but it's kind of just adds this other dimension. It's kind of lifting the film into mm-hmm. another kind of plane, really. I really, really thought it was good. I've listened to it a few times since. So racial tension grows throughout the day. And as night falls and as Sal lets the last few customers into the pizzeria, there's a standoff between Sal and Bugging Out. Uh, Bugging Out has been, for most of the day, trying to get people to boycott the yeah. restaurant and has been really het up about the whole situation, mm-hmm. which results in the brutal murder of Bill Nunn's Radio Raheem at the hands of the NYPD. Mm. Were you prepared for this kind of... It's a big shift here, James. Yeah, it was very harrowing. And... um I really wasn't expecting it. The way the film was beforehand, you could see that tensions were rising, but I didn't... Well, yeah, so what did you think was going to happen? I mean, did you think this is going to end in violence? Um, no, not really. I thought it would end in Sal just moving, like going to a different uh, place, because oh, that was okay. referenced in it. Uh, so okay. I was like, oh, that's just what will happen. But Good. I was really not ready oh, for okay. this, I such think a So I ending. thought it was going to be... I mean, I. When I first saw it, I thought there's a few lines during the film where South says things like, oh, I could murder someone today. Or it's like that sort of sprinkled through. And Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I watched it, having seen a still from the film in sort of film magazines of Sal holding a baseball bat. Yeah. My assumption before I'd seen the film was that Sal would murder somebody. Yeah. With the baseball bat. Mm -hmm. So... When I first saw it, and it's not that at all, and it's Raheem, and so needless, you know, that's why it's, you know, it takes you aback. Yeah. Spike Lee based Raheem's murder on the killing of Michael Stewart by a transit cop in 1983, which uh, also took place in Brooklyn, where yeah. um, Do the Right Thing is set. Um, there's even, if you re-watch it, one of the characters even references the murder of Michael Stewart. There's that moment when the crowd realise that Raheem has died. Yeah. If anything, it, it just shows that nothing's changed. Mm-hmm. 100%. You know, this film is still so relevant, you could make it, or you could release it today. But, yeah. You know, that's how relevant it is. In the aftermath, uh, Mookie throws a trash can through the window of the pizzeria and sparks a riot although um, uprising is the word that spike lee would rather is used to describe what happens yeah it's provocative filmmaking james what did you think around that section of the film i thought it was just hard to watch and um there was definitely like a massive shift in the mood of the film in general and um yeah it was just like horrible you mentioned Lahane yes and you know there are links between Lahane Mm -hmm. and Do the Right Thing both movies are are based on real life kind of injustices yeah where 
the death of a young man at the hands of the police that's the point of each movie spike lee's filmmaking is a huge influence on on the director of lahane matthew kasovitz what do you think spike lee makes of lahane um i feel like he'd really like it in do the right thing someone dies in the hands of the police in lahane it's the aftermath of someone dying in the hands of police. I watched a um, an interview from the 20th anniversary of Do the Right Thing. It's now 30 years old, but when yeah. it was 20 years old, there's a very good interview between uh, the Guardians, Jason Solomons and Spike Lee. Yeah, and it comes at a point where the BFI were doing a Spike Lee retrospective at at the BFI, mm. and. Some of the films that were on in that retrospective were you know, similar type films or films that yeah. have a similar impact. Mm-hmm. And um, and in the interview, I'll put it in the episode notes. Yeah. And Spike Lee says, "I'm not really happy about Lahane being part of the part of the film season. Really, um, it is a complete rip off of Do the Right Thing. Yeah, that's that's fair enough." And he's quite indignant about it. He says that uh, Kasovitz has never, ever admitted that is, you know, a homage yeah. to Do the Right Thing. So, I'd say if Do the Right Thing didn't exist, Lahane did, wouldn't exist. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I mean, I really like Lahane. So what did you think overall, James? I really, really liked it. Um, I, f- I just like the atmosphere. And um, I feel like... A lot of movies from the 80s, they feel dated because they feel like they're from the 80s. Yeah. Whereas this feels like it's from the 80s, but it could be made today. I think from a from a cinematic perspective, it could be released today yeah. and look brand new. Mm-hmm. I think there are elements of you know fashion or whatever which yeah. would date it. But in terms of the way it's made, I would say, yeah, absolutely, it could be released today. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen it in a cinema in 1989 when it was released. Yeah. I saw it on VHS video. Mm-hmm. But I would have liked to have been in that, inv- like a packed cinema where people to go and see this new movie. Yeah. I would have liked to have had that experience. Spike Lee's kind of take on it is that it should provoke discussion, yeah. you know, provoke debate. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what it's for. And I think he's absolutely right. Yeah. What did you think then? Yeah, I really, really liked seeing it again. I, it's one of those films that I've only seen it once before we watched it again. Yeah. I hadn't ever re-watched it, and I wish I had. I've seen lots of Spike Lee movies. I like Spike Lee as a director. I think he's always, always really interesting, always does really interesting mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to watch it quite a lot. I, you know, I didn't ask you for James's rating. What did you? What are you rating? Oh, um I'd probably give it a 10, to be honest. Really? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. It's my 30th favourite movie. Is it? Number 30 mm-hmm. in James's top 100 movies? Top 150. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on. It's so good. I just really liked it. Pretty much every movie we've watched has ended up somewhere on my list. So I feel like... I don't think Life of Brian is on your <laughs> that, top Yeah, no, that is true. So who would you say your favourite character is then? In terms of, like, who did I enjoy watching, I would say it was probably either Mookie or Demaya. Yeah. I, I liked the Sal character for all of the... what was wrong with it and what was right with it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And it's nice to see those different sides of a character yeah. in a movie because so often you don't see that. For instance, the moment the um, 
the the fight between him and um, bugging out really shows it really shows his actual mindset. He doesn't hesitate to hurl abuse. I feel like it's interesting to watch just how someone can change for the benefit of themselves. I think it's well-rounded, though. Who's your favourite character, James? Oh, I'd probably say Demea or um, Mr. Senior Love Daddy. Yeah, it's a, it's a good little character. Yeah, I feel like it, it wasn't that big of a part, but whenever he is on screen, it's very enjoyable to watch. So what would you say your favourite Spike Lee movie is, then? Um, I think it, it is Do the Right Thing. Yeah. But I do really like... I like She's Gotta Have It. I like, I like Inside Man. Yeah. 25th Hour is good. Clockers is really worth a watch. Mm. That's really, really good. There's some excellent stuff. So much good camera work in that movie. All of the ones I've just said, yeah. you must watch those. Oh, and of course, you need to watch Malcolm X. Oh, yeah, of course. So overall, I think, James, this is seminal work by Spike Lee, um, which cemented him as one of the most important filmmakers working today. Yeah. 30 years ago, the film was making a comment on the racial divide in America. Yeah. And... Now, 30 years later, the film is making a comment on the racial divide in America. So Roger Ebert's review from 1989 says, Do the right thing doesn't ask its audience to choose sides. It is scrupulously fair to both sides in a story where it is only society itself that is at fault. It was actually uh, Roger Ebert's top film of 1989. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really good... He does a really good write-up of it. I'll put it on the episode notes from the um, Roger Ebert website. So the street where the film was shot has been renamed and is now called Do the Right Thing Way. That's cool, yeah. That is cool. I'd go there. I'd love to go. Yeah, if we ever go to New York, most definitely we'll be going I'd love to go and see where the film is shot. Mm -hmm. It'd be awesome. Thank you to all our listeners for your continued support. And hi to our friends listening in Germany. Please can you recommend this podcast? And if you like it, please can you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? It will only take you a second. Thanks, James. Thank you. You can follow us on Twitter at Talking Film. That's talking with no G at the end. And you can check us out on Facebook. Please also subscribe where you get your podcasts. See you next time, James. See you. Come on, James.